The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. July 24th, 2947. We are Those Guys with Ships, and you are tuned to episode number 165 of the first cast, our Star Citizen Gaming Community Podcast. Correction, we are Those Guys with Stretch Pants, and you are tuned to yet another episode of The Expansive View. Here to give you our perspective from the comfort fit corner of at the <laughs> at the end of the lazy boy aisle. Now with just a skosh more room, I'm your host Whoopi Joy, and joining me tonight in the recording closet out back, the gender neutral dormitory in the virtual those guys with ships hangar or our minds is Mark. Hi. Mark, which cast member do you want to be? You know, it's not fair because didn't Lisa Ling used to be on View? She was always my so. girl. Because, I mean, straight from Channel One, the, if anyone recalls that, the student news network used to have playing it for us in high school back in the 90s. Yeah. Well, um, we can invoke Marilyn Manson rules where you just pick a supermodel and a serial killer. We can do that. I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> um, so, Mark, how you doing? Oh, not bad. Can't complain. As I was saying, I have less. I'm, I'm less shabby than usual. So I, my shab mm. quotient is 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 uh, is, is lower than, okay. uh, than than normal, which is nice. Okay. Well, uh, we'll see what we can do about that. Yeah. I mowed my lawn and I didn't die. That's all. That's good. excellent. Excellent. Now, are are you gasoline or electric? Uh, I am gasoline. I actually had to think about that really hard when I went and got bought my mower because uh, I thought mm-hmm. about. It, I thought, wait, a gasoline mower will last. Really, if you take it pretty well, take care of it, 10 years. What happens mm-hmm. if the electric mower, what happens if they change the batteries that they use? Ah, then you can't yeah. get batteries. Then you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. The last one I had was a, an electric that had the batteries in it, and it was good for about three quarters of a mow. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing, too. I mean, Florida. So a lot of mowing. Oof. A lot of mowing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you get that you get that that crazy grass that makes astroturf seem like uh, a a warm uh, cotton towel. Yeah, we just got we got a lot of it. Got a lot of grass. Lot lot a lot of plants. A lot of growing. Mm. A lot of plants. Mhm. Yes. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for your lawn. I'm happy to be here today. Have you been to the cinema lately, Mark? <laughs> you know the answer to this question. <laughs> Have you been to the cinema lately? Well, I mean, yes, yes. I, uh, so you've not seen the the Spider Man yet? Are you a Spider Man fan? Uh, you know, honestly, he's uh, he's probably my least favorite, only because I did like him when he was older. Mm-hmm. Now he's like a twelve year old. So, mm. and it seems to he just keeps getting younger. So I'm I'm expecting the next ten years him to possibly wear a diaper. That's <laughs> yes. He's he's having a Benjamin Button. Moment. Yep. And, and, yeah. and his aunt will be uh, like a fifteen-year-old babysitter. That's my. That's, that's what I'm anticipating. That's where I'm anticipating this going. But how yeah. about you? What, what do you think? 
Well, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the Spider Man. I thought it was uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was um, uh, some folks were kind of uh, complaining that it was a bit too young adulty, um, and I, I can sort of see that. Um, and I'm really normally we were we were texting in 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 the chats about this today about um, Ready Player One coming up mm-hmm. next year, mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, our friend Ace uh, it, it informed me that it is in fact a young adult novel, and because I, I haven't read the book, I was I was queuing the book up for. Um, for my uh, my long dry wait for uh, the seventh book of the Expanse series, yeah, which will be geez. coming out in December, and um, you know, uh, so uh, Ready Player One, young adult book, can't do it, can't can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. I saw that too. I was, uh, I mean, if it, it's one of those things, um, you know, if it's a if it's something that everyone should read, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I was helping the uh, the fiance with reading uh, the Yellow Wallpaper. Um, back in the day, yes, you had to do some stuff for, for an English class, and I was reading it over again. I was like, I read this before. You know, something like that where everyone should have read this at one point in their life. You know, if, if Is that ready, the one where the woman slowly goes crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah! Yep. I remember that. Yep. I had to read it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, uh, you know, very interesting, uh, obviously. But anyway, uh, if it's something that every, you know, every nerd man should read, or woman. Okay. Nerd All person right, well. should read. Then usually, I mean, let's be honest, uh, uh, I think we both fall in the same category. Uh, even a so-so book, I can kill in a week and be done with it. So, right. you know, even if it's a terrible book, or even if it's just something I'm not super interested in, I can get through it and at least have the experience. Right. So, right. you know, pick an off week. Well, I, I, I and, and Lord knows I have plenty of those. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed uh, the Spider Man. I think um, uh, the the kid that they selected, Tom Holland, Tom Holland, I think I think his name, uh, did a real good job with the main character. And um, you know, uh, Michael Keaton. I always I like Michael Keaton as a bad guy. Oh, he was in there. You know, wow, yeah, I seen Michael Keaton the, in forever. He he's the bad guy. How's he looking? And um, look, he 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 is one person that gets more and more Michael Keaton ish the older he gets. Really. Yes, I mean he's he's kind of like a Christopher Walken in that uh, in that if you want that Christopher Walken feel, you mm-hmm. got to have Christopher Walken. You can't. No one else is going to give you that Michael Keaton feel. Yeah, you know what? Now I have to look. I, I, you keep talking. I have to look him up now. I have to see how he's looking now. Now I'm just curious. Wow, he still looks really good. He does. He how does. old is that man? Uh, he is 97. <laughs> Wow, he's a, he is a good-looking ninety-seven. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of fiber, a lot of fiber, very, of fiber. very few fried foods, few fried foods. Why sixty-six? Jeez. Is he really? Yeah, sixty-five, wow. sixty-six, something like that. Yeah, nineteen fifty-one oh was his birthday. Uh, fifty-one, yeah. So that'd be sixty-six. Wow! Oh my goodness. Um, so anyway, I, I, I give it uh, four out of five Spideys and uh, one point five out of five emos because there was <laughs> there was a little young adulty in there. Okay. Which, um, okay. Yeah. Good to um, emo our emo factor there. That's important. Yeah. And I did. I also I went opening night to see Valerian, but I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Okay. I'm thinking here, and because um, I wanted to share with you an aspect of that. I'm guessing you haven't seen it yet. No, I have not seen Valerian either. No, okay. I was I was considering um, it in, okay. until. So okay, yeah. um, and then last night I went and saw kind of just been on a on a jag. I guess it would be a jag, a jag of uh, of theater attendance. Uh, the Dunkirks. Oh, now how was that? Oh my god, so good, really, so good, like like so good. It, 
describe the kind of, was it an action-packed movie? Was it just a, a character drama type of thing? It was really tough to figure out exactly what that what it was, like what it what the is, actual movie was. You, well, you know the the basic story of the of the event. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it is uh, it is a telling of that story from the perspective of people that were there and okay. not <clears throat> and not in in a. Um, um, a dramatic or, or uh, an overly dramatic um, uh, fashion. I mean, you know, the the folks that were showing up with the civilian craft. You know, it wasn't. Come mm-hmm. on, guys, we got to go rescue the lads. I mean, it was nothing, nothing at all like that. It was well, probably good. a lot of a, a lot of ordinary people that were really scared and were determined to do the right thing. And um, it was um, uh, it was it was excellent. It was excellent. I think. Um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hardy. Uh, Tom Hardy. Tom mm-hmm. Hardy was uh, was one of the uh, the pilots. You don't see his face until the very end of the movie, which is sort of interesting. But oh, he wow. um, he did a really good job of um, of playing the part of uh, a a rather extraordinary pilot. Um, not you know extraordinary like Tom Cruise, you know, buzzing the the con tower or any stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you know, just basically dealing with what he's got, what he's given, and um, uh, giving it that good old. English stiff upper lip. Stiff upper lip. Yeah, so um, very human. Lots of human stuff in there. Um, There's a a particular scene that I I don't want to spoil anything, but a particular scene where um, where a um, a, a young man uh, is is, uh, quite the adult in a situation that he could very easily have uh, been um, a young man. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Highly recommend it, and if you can, if you can swing it, um, IMAX because it was filmed with IMAX cameras, um, not 3D. Um, it's I don't I don't even think they're showing it in 3D, but IMAX uh, 2D, uh, very um, very well worth uh, putting in the effort to go see it in that format. So, okay, liked it a lot, and oh yes, speaking of the Expanse, we got another Expanse novella out as of last week. And it is called Strange Dogs. And because of its place in the timeline, I don't want to say much more about it just yet beyond that it appears to be an extension to the overall narrative instead of a fleshing out of previously released content. It was the case with all of the other previous um, uh, short stories and novellas. So I'm about a third of the way through it, and um, uh, it's 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 different. It's different. Um, very... Um, um, uh, none of the characters that we know, um, okay. but um, um, a location that we have learned of, uh, I, we may, we may have heard about it in book five. I don't, but I don't think so. Um, we for sure we know about it from book six. And um, uh, anyway, it's, it's just more expanse goodness, and it's all we're gonna get until December eighth when uh, book oh, seven so comes long. out. So, yeah. so long to wait. I just don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read Ready Player One. Right, apparently, I'm gonna keep reading uh, Wheel of Time. I'm through the second book, so I'm getting there. I just, I'm like yep. 1,800 pages in. You're a monster. Yeah, well, you know, you're a monster with a gasoline mower. Apparently. All righty. Well, you know, before we get on to the expanse goodness, picking up where we left off last time, is there anything Star Citizen related you want to mention, Mark? Did you did you cyclone? Uh, you know, I did not cyclone. I I had a I had a moment with myself, and I really, really had to um, had kind of a I don't know. I think I kind of a come to Jesus moment. You know, I had to really think about it for a minute, really decide mm-hmm. whether I wanted to do that, and I decided not to. 
I thought, you know what? Honestly, the, the prices for these things, I just don't see them being astronomical in the game. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking something like this is something I could definitely probably pick up. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it, it limits, it's limited just to the ground. It didn't have any kind of space aspect in it. So that was really my de- determining factors. I just, well, I think they're awesome. I would love to mm-hmm. have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I want to spend my real money on it. Especially $40 to begin with. That seems really expensive for... Really? You know, yeah, like, it really did. Because here's why. If you look back, you could get a Merlin for like 20 bucks. I remember getting a Merlin for 20 bucks. Right. 15, but, 20 bucks. But this is a two-person ground vehicle, and, and the only other one is the uh, the Ursa Rover, which I think was like 75 or 80 wasn't Yeah, it? well, I think that was... Don't get me started on that. I think that was a little bit overpriced for what it was. But... Oh, okay. I think... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like it was. It, I felt like it was a little more than it needed to be. Take it oh, for what okay. you will. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and if you, but which one were you tempted by? Which variant? Ooh, gosh. You know, it was a toss-up between the um, the RN, which is the reconnaissance one, and mm-hmm. the uh, what was it? The what was it? T T TR or something, whatever. Whichever one was the one with the uh, mounted weapon on it. Between those uh, the, two. The turret? Yeah. The turret? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the TR. The RN, uh, which I prefer to think of as the registered nurse version. The registered nurse version. Yeah. Um, was um, uh, was the one that I picked up. I, I picked up the... Um, uh, I did the subscriber sale the day mm-hmm. before, so mm-hmm. I, I was able to get it for 40 um, And then for 5 bucks got the um, uh, CCU uh, on Friday when, when those went on sale. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the RN... Uh, had, and I guess there had been a little bit of confusion, um, and I'm, I'm assuming now that it was confusion, that because they bundled the uh, RN with the Terrapin, the, uh, which is also a... Uh, the RN is not registered nurse. It's the, it's the search... Uh, it's Reconnaissance. The, uh, recon, recon. Uh, <laughs> registered nurse surgeon. Yeah, it's, I just, She's I just a candy striper, that, really. That other people can see what's inside my brain. Um, and... Uh, so yeah, it's the reconnaissance, which is sort of thematically consistent with the terrapin, and I think that that's why those two things got bundled, and not that the RN will fit inside the terrapin, which would have just been too too juicy, much too too, juicy. too amazing. I agree, and you know it's funny. Did you happen to look at the Reddit's, and there was a gentleman whose name I I tried to look up beforehand, and I couldn't find the posts now. So hopefully someone will remind me, so we can give him some props for doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's European, and he did. <laughs> He was playing with, I, I'm assuming it was some kind of modeling. I don't know if it was like a Maya or, a, or, or what exactly it was that he's using to model these things. Unfortunately, I don't know anything about that. So, But he did, he went through and kind of figured out exactly what it would fit into. He was kind of doing mm-hmm. a will it fit sort of thing. So, uh-huh. he, so he tried for the Terrapin and he showed some things that, you know, if it were a little bigger, if it were stretched a little bit, you know, some things, how, how would that, how, you know, physically it would be able to get in. Right now it's about a third of the size of a, of a Connie. It would have to be about half the size of a Connie. And stretched yeah. a bit in order to actually get that in there, um, and of course the middle seat would have to disappear. But yeah, because like yeah. the scanning station is like right there in the, yeah. in the middle of in the smack dab in the middle. However, of, 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 I would point out uh, that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you couldn't have something attached to it in another way. It could attach on the bottom, perhaps. Uh, you know, oh. so there are other ways. You know, think of um, oh, geez, what's the good example of those? Uh, I know Star Wars; they did them where they dropped little crabby things off of the troop carriers, um, right? You know, things like that. They're, they're and, and they had some. Uh, the guy who did the work uh, for the um, what was the what was the gunboat? 
Um, the Redeemer? Aegis, yeah, the Redeemer. The guy who actually mm-hmm. did that and then ended up working for CIG. At one point, he was showing some work they were doing of having a... Um, actually having a... Um, oh, man, the ground vehicle. We just talked about it. Oh, the uh, rover? The rover. rover. Yeah, the rover actually attached to the Redeemer on the back, and they were kind of doing some work on, like, seeing if they could put it in there. He was he was looking into that, I guess, on his free time, it, you know, attach it somehow via, you know, it's going to mag something or another. So I think there is a possibility that something like that could exist in some form or another. Well, I've, I've got it. So what, yeah. we, what we do is we mount a trebuchet on the top. Yes. Of any sense. ship. I'm following. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, you swoop in low. And then you launch the trebuchet, and yeah. And have you ever been near one of those, like the actual like medieval trebuchets um, when they go off at a Renaissance fair? Someone had one, not full size. Pretty. Uh, I, I saw one at the the castle over there, mm-hmm. um, England place, um, and uh, where they actually like set rocks on fire. You know, they like awesome. they drill holes in the rocks, and then they pour. You know, like cow fat or you know butane <laughs> as you do uh, yeah. in the, yeah as one does um and launch the thing and it, it's just just the sound of it is just you know it's it's like it's like hey right, that's like the movies and, uh, bloody americans yeah. yeah so um but anyway i i, I digress so yeah I, I i want um i want trebuchets on terrapins and i want to launch my registered nurses from them well, that seems fine i'm good yeah. with that yeah I, anyway but having said that Cyclone, I think, very cool. I do like the wheels. Those mm-hmm. are awesome. Pretty cool. I mean, it, it, it seems like one of those things that is such a clever idea that how, how do they not break? You know, it's, yeah. it seems it seems it seems like something you would buy at um, at one of those um, uh, gift shops on the boardwalk, and uh, you know, the guy, would go, oh yeah, no, no, this is this is this is proven. They've got there's science and stuff inside there. No, there's science here. Yeah, you get you you get it home, and you uh, you know you put it in the swimming pool, and uh, you know all the paint comes off. Yeah, it'll be fine. No, really, it is a dinosaur on the capsule. Put it under water. You'll see. <laughs> it's a, it's, there's no lead paint involved. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I, so I, I picked that up. I'm, I'm uh, kind of excited looking uh, forward uh, to that. Um, I guess it's not going to be in 3.1. I don't know. I've heard a lot of a bunch of stuff going back and forth, but I, I think um, it's not going to be in 3.1, but maybe 3.2. And... I you know I still don't know exactly what kind of missions we're going to have in 3.0. Um, so um, did I say 3.1, 3.2? I think it's not going to be in 3.0. Mm-hmm. Possibly 3.1 or 3.2. Uh, 3.0 still unclear about what exactly we're going to get to do. I guess the only way we're going to find that out though is to actually have it in our um, in our grimy in little our, um, in our meat in our meat hands meaty meat hooks meat, yeah, or, or meat mitts. Yeah, we meat should probably mitts. stop this. We should not go any farther. It's just. <laughs> Let's just yes okay moving on and um, I I don't know why I just had a vision of Lady Gaga there for a second I don't know I, I, don't, I have no idea uh, um and so uh, good stuff good stuff um, uh, looking forward to uh, playing with it and but I did want to mention though not related to anything uh, currently going on with Star Citizen uh, I did uh, uh, as I said a moments ago see the movie Valerian um, and. Um, uh, it did provide a compelling, what I thought was a compelling example of my, yes, my, mine, 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 made it up myself in my own little brain, uh, alternative funding plan. And um, I'm looking for a good acronym. MAFP doesn't, math. That's a mouthful. It yes. doesn't work. It's not good. Plus, it's like uh, mothers against furry 
obviously plants. No one likes furry plants. <laughs> no one, yes. Especially mothers. No. Um, not on Mother's Day either. I mean, you can get no. your mom a furry plant for Mother's Day. <laughs> a very poor choice. Ooh, yes, that is a poor yeah. choice. Yeah. Oh, she I didn't raise you right. Nope. Um, uh, so uh, in the movie, and this is not um, not too much of a spoiler, I don't think. Um, uh, you can you can blink away for forty five seconds if if you absolutely feel the need. Have not seen the Valerians yet. Um, in the movie, there is a virtual marketplace uh, which people access using VR technology. Yes, it was absolutely awesome. Um, and so how this works is that busloads of tourists are taking to a physical place. And in this case, it was sort of this barren, deserty area, sort of fenced off uh, from the rest of the surrounding uh, barren, deserty area. Um, and then they enter what they, is called um, the big market. Or I believe that's uh, that's the name I've seen on the interwebs. So like a Walmart. True. Yeah, yes. The VR Walmart. And, um, okay. And how they, they enter into this area um, is by putting on these VR headsets, you know, sort of futuristic-looking VR headsets. And they go into this fenced-off area. And uh, from the outside, so you can see them from the outside. It looks like a bunch of people wandering around uh, what looks like a medium-sized dry lake bed. Uh, but inside the visor, um, it just looks like an endless, an endless series of shops and attractions and, you know, avenues which extend off into infinity between structures dozens of stories high whoa hurt myself there um, and I found a pic which I'll put in the uh, the show notes and you can see that below there Mark <coughs> you, you might wow. be dying I think well yet again um, so um, but anyway this was this was my idea of uh, or s- kind of similar to the idea I had for uh, the alternative funding source, where you have something where people, they create a destination that people are able to go um, uh, inhabit for a variety of entertainment options. Hmm. And uh, and with the with the VR being very helpful in the implementation and the desirability of it. So, and I know um, I know you've, you've had um, uh, mixed results with the VR yourself, but, um, and you may not be aware that uh, um, Oculus has done a, uh, a summer sale where they, um, they slashed the price on the, um, on their visor. Uh, down from it had been originally. I think if you paid full freight for the for the Rift itself, and then for the touch controller that came out afterwards, you would be in seven hundred bucks. I think that's right. Yeah, sounds about I right. Think, I, th- I think that's right. You can get now. You can get both for four hundred dollars. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, and. Uh, um, I know that our, our friend Wolf, uh, he um, that he he reached, he found his tipping point because he uh, he's trying to get one now, and uh, they're they're sold out. They're hard to find. So wow, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for like generation two or three on the VR. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I think I'll probably hopefully by that time they'll have enough uh, good data and some mm-hmm. research into how to deal with the motion sickness stuff to kind of you know curb that. I think then I'll be then, then I'll be all on board. I'm, I'm dying to do it. I just mm. the the flesh I, is weak. <laughs> and the vomit is fluid. <laughs> yes, uh, so much, so much. Fluid. Ah. so um, uh, I can't really recommend seeing the Valerian unless the only reason you're going is for the visuals. Um, okay. That's just sort of my my Gleep review. Um, uh, was thinking, uh, did you love the Fifth Element as much as I love the Fifth Element? Uh, yes, I once watched it uh, approximately 48 hours straight on repeat on a VHS tape with my with my little brother <laughs> during summer while we were painting. That's awesome. Yes, that is that is awesome. Yeah, well, um, the the visuals absolutely astounding, absolutely astounding. Um, story and acting, eh, not so much. Okay, but there you have it. So, all right, let's talk about that expanse. 
Um, Halfway so, through the show, let's get to it. Okay, here we yeah, go. Let's get started. All right. Um, the last time we managed to cover Drive and The Churn, so one very short story and one modestly sized novella. So um, we could be at this for years, Mark. Yeah, very possibly. Or at least till December. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So time to cowboy up. Um, the next book in the recommended reading order would be The Butcher of Anderson's Anderson, Anderson yeah, Station. That. And uh, in the timeline, we're looking at year roughly 2245-ish, and that is uh, courtesy of that one uh, fan-sourced timeline, which I will also put a, a copy to in these show notes as well. And uh, this story is a prequel, which takes place prior to Leviathan Wakes, which is the first book in the, the actual Expanse series. And it's all about that Colonel Fred Johnson, and it explains the infamous uh, events uh, which occurred on Anderson Station and how Colonel Fred subsequently uh, defected to the OPA. Um, and that Fred Johnson, he's, um, I think I've talked about, I think when we originally started talking about, about this way back in the when, uh, I said that uh, Colonel Fred was my favorite character. Um, I thought that his his was a, um, a compelling redemption story. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so uh, a little bit about him. Um, let's see, I'm trying to find the, the part here. Um... All right. Uh, so, when Anderson Station was taken by insurgents, Colonel Johnson led the successful attack to retake the station, uh, killing 173 armed insurgents and over 1,000 civilians. Uh, this battle earned him fame in the Interplanets and the Medal of Freedom, the UN Marine's highest honor. On the other hand, in the belt, he became notorious as the Butcher of Anderson Station. Uh, filled with disgust, self-loathing, and the inability to cope with the burden of conscience from his actions, Johnson resigned from the Marine Corps and publicly apologized for his actions. Withdrawing from the public spotlight for years, he started frequenting bars in the belt, drinking heavily, and getting in skirmishes with the OPA until he encountered Anderson Dawes, who recruited him to join the OPA. So, um, and Anderson Dawes is the other major character, I think, in in this book. And uh, uh, Dawes, which you would know from uh, the TV show, if that's your only exposure to The Expanse, he's the... um, um He's the sort of pock-faced uh, fellow that uh, seems to both simultaneously be in charge of things and um, not in charge of things. Um, I think we, the first time we see him is, um, I guess, was, was it on series? Was that very the, early? Did we see was him? that? Is that right? Is series is where yeah. the story begins with with Miller and everybody? Yeah, series station. Yeah, too. he's uh, he was just kind of well, he was the doc, um, the, like the gang leader in the doc doc area, right? He, yeah. He was sort of the uh, the Whatever that uh, u- shop steward or union yeah, guy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. Um, so, um, uh, interesting little backstory tidbit that we get out of um, this book about him is that when he was 15 years old, one of his four sisters died due to his negligence in not securing her suit seals during a routine mission on an asteroid outside of Eros. Um, so he recruits Fred Johnson to be a spokesperson for the OPA. And um, the, uh, the, the story of um, how he does this, because I, I guess he, he, um, Fred is, is in the a particular bar um, getting uh, extremely drunk and um, you know looking to pick a fight. And he ends up getting, um, uh, I guess they, they put <laughs> a hood over his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, kid, the kid, they, they, they kidnap him yeah. and um, 
And so, uh, basically, he gets in, uh, he gets interrogated by Dawes, who um, uh, you know cut, tries to. I mean, he does a, a, a good job of sort of getting to the bottom of where where head where head where heads Fred is at. Um, and um, uh, he says, "Okay, so you kind of you, you got yourself a choice here. Um, you know, yeah, you're you're a jerk." Um, we don't like you here, but you are a man of uh, particular talents, and um, you could uh, you could begin to atone uh, for your um, for your sins uh, if you choose if you were to choose to join us and use those particular talents uh, on our behalf. Um, so, um, uh, I think that's kind of it in a nutshell. And um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, what I liked about Dawes is I thought that he was a perfect NPC type character. Um, he's he doesn't and it's I think it's sort of the same in the show too. He never really drives anything. He just sort of seems to be, you know, uh, the narrative seems to have some momentum, and then Dawes shows up and either you know throws a monkey wrench in it, or Dawes, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, is there to uh, say you know what's in it for me. You know, I mean, he, he never he doesn't seem to be a. I've never. Uh, He's never occurred to me as a character of significance such that it's like, huh, I wonder what Anderson thinks about that. Well, you know what he is? He's more just a vehicle for giving the... Not so... Well, I guess in the books a little bit, too. Not really the books so much. uh, but Or later on, I should say, in later novels. But more initially, it's more more along the lines of just giving you kind of the... What the general populace... Like the... Not really the hardline OPA. Not the crazy... Not the crazy radical OPA uh, mm-hmm. splinter groups, but kind of like the general OPA feel of things. Hey, you know, what do, what does the OPA really think about this? Enter mm-hmm. Dawes. Gives, you know, gives opinion. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's what the OPA thinks about this. And he kind of disappears, runs off to something else. You know, that's yeah. what I kind of feel like. He's, he's, really just a, he's really just a mouthpiece for the OPA more than, more than Anderson is, because Anderson's more the, uh, he, he's got a special story to tell. You know what I mean? Anderson... Anderson yeah. or, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Fred Johnson. Fred. I mentioned Fred Johnson. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I, I can't, you know, and so uh, kind of wrapping this back around to the Star Citizens, um, I'm thinking of that Anderson, uh, he's kind of like a Miles Eckhart character, you know? Um, uh, you know, you might go to Anderson to get a mission. You know, you might go, you know, say, okay, um, you know, we've got mm-hmm. this, um, these, um, these, uh, 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 weapons that we need to have smuggled into um, this station. So you know, um, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, so that sort of thing. So I think, um, I, th- I think, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he. Um, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that Miles uh, Eckert has that kind of um, of gravity to him that you, you know, he exists in the consciousness of um, the narrative. Uh, in a more significant fashion than just you know basically being the picture underneath the uh, the big gold question mark, you know. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've played MMOs. You <laughs> yeah, know we, what, of what I speak. We all know what that means. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I think. Um, uh, but I, you know, the about the book itself, kind of what I think is is or, you know the possibility for because I tried to bring this all back around to gameplay, like you know mm-hmm. how how can I interject uh, you know my puny little life into this story. And um, I, I was thinking of this one as being a, a potential 
um, maybe a DLC, uh, an addition to the Squadron 42 engine. And we don't know anything about the story of Squadron 42 or too much about the story of Squadron 42 at this point. But um, you could see, I mean, maybe if there is a, um, a single-player campaign further down the road that involves sort of the darker side. And I think they've talked about that, you know, about, you know, smugglers. You know, you can maybe play a smuggler or you can sure. uh, play somebody that's, um, you know, a, a piratey type. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm wondering if... Something like this. This would be a good story uh, for a um, uh, a piece of additional content like that. It would. I don't think it, there was enough in this book to make it a a complete single player campaign. But you know, as um, as a DLC that would take you two or three hours to play, I, I think that that would be kind of kind of fun. You know, because you know the way and uh, you know the way that the book ends is um, is that uh, you know. Anderson says his piece. Fred uh, says his piece, and then you know Anderson, you know, pulls out a really big knife and walks up to Fred, and it's like, are they going to going to kill him? Going to kill him? No, cuts him loose and walks away. Fade to black. Boom. Done. Yep. No. So I can see. Uh, I see that exactly. Um, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, good. Yeah, I can see that being a good DLC. Maybe a. I can picture this being a good option for. Um. Like a flashback, maybe something like that to give some backstory to, you know, kind of like they do here. It's a backstory to a conflicted character that maybe is a main mm-hmm. character and why, what, what is that, you know, something like this. You have a conflicted character that's, that's you clearly trying to atone for something and they hint at it and they tell you, okay, yeah, this is what happened. Well, you don't really know, okay, it was the Butcher Anderson Station. I get it. So what? I mean, a bunch of people died. Okay. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of get a hint at it, but you never really know. And then this one really lays it out for you. This is what happened. It was gruesome. Here's right. the reason. Here it is in its in its uh, uh, in its detail. And right. I think that could be an extremely powerful storytelling tool, especially if they introduce it. And especially if they do it in a way. It kind of depends on how the how the game's played. You know, if you do some, if you do a little flat, you know, if you do flashbacks and kind of you know you know playing different characters, then that's one thing. If you purely stay on your own character and it's all in the present, that probably wouldn't work out uh, as well. But um, it, yeah, I could definitely see something like this fleshing out uh, some of the more important characters to give them, you know, give you know their their decisions a little more gravitas or something like that while they're while they're there for certain. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and you know, back to the Dunkirks, uh, the the timeline in the movie, um, it, it kind of it jumps back and forth a little bit not a lot it's not like a tarantino movie you know where it's like oh jesus now we're now we're in yesterday you know oh damn no this is what they look like when they're old you know um but it's um i mean i think that you like you know what what you're saying you could do that you could do that narrative and have you know the um um because I'm, i'm thinking the only character you could play would be would be fred that's the only playable character for this one you know ah yeah probably or you'd have mm-hmm. to have some you'd have to have some slick storytelling to, to, to have someone else there, but um, yeah, I think more than likely you'd be Fred. I'd say that's a safe bet. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I suppose you could create you know you could play a, a series of um, of observers, you know. So you yeah. know, in the in the the at the actual event, you know, you could play one of the one of the Marines, you know, or you yeah, could, you could, uh, or which one would, or one of the or even one of the one of the uh, one of the people on the station. Yeah, could be yeah, something like that too. Yeah. I think there's a lot of possibilities for something like that. Yeah, I mean, because the whole. But I think, point, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, um, no, no, you finish, please. I was going to say the whole point of it, I think, really, is that you you have Fred sitting there, you know, what they really going to 
across is that he's looking at things and he's seeing dots, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and then, then he has to walk through it all. You know, I think right. that's, and, and, you know, the, the consequences of those actions. And I think that that, that's when it really hits home. And that's, that, I mean, that's a, it's a very powerful, really, I mean, for a short story, it's very powerful. They do a lot of mm-hmm. really good, that's a very, there's some very good storytelling in this. If anyone does, if you have to pick one of the short stories to read, it would be a tough one between this one and the churn, honestly, for me. I think both of those yeah. are excellent. But I, I, th- I would I would take the churn because I felt more closure at the end of it. Um, yeah, this one here, I I, I I I left it wanting more. Yeah, yeah, this one was a little um, short. Had I had mm-hmm. my had I had my druthers, uh, there would have been some more there. But uh, but in terms of I said in terms of the um, in terms of the power of the storytelling, I think this one is this one is spot on though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, so I hope, I'm hoping that we, uh, we get a whole series of gameplay opportunities, um, and, uh, written of a, a quality, um, up to, uh, this level. I think that would be, um, that would be, um, uh, very, uh, engaging and, um, exciting and, um, uh, satisfying for our inner nerds. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and one thing I would say, um, I know we talked mm-hmm. about this a little bit, uh, when we were talking mm-hmm. about how we we're going to, how we we're going to do this. Um, for for anyone that has been in the military or seen combat, just buyer beware. Um, mm. It took me. It, there were a couple times I had to put the book down or put the story down and kind of walk away from it. So just be aware that is there. Very very excellent, but um, they do a, a very good job of telling a story. So there uh, there are some things that depending on on your experiences, you may have either a difficult time with or just potentially triggering material. Yep yeah, yep. Yeah, just be aware of it. But uh, you know, yeah. well worth the read regardless. All right. Well, um, let's see. So, what did we? We had the the three. We had the three that were. These were all that happened before even Leviathan Wakes. And from Leviathan Wakes, which was the first book, we go directly into the second book, uh, which is Caliban's War. And now, um, Caliban, he was um, he was a character in um, he's Shakespeare. Uh, but he was also a comic book character. I'm trying to remember which universe he's from. Oh, I feel like that's a uh, an X Man type of thing. Logan. That's right. He was in Logan. He was the um, um, the, uh, the 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 gentleman with the delicate skin. Um, yes, yes. The guy that could hunt or uh, see or blah, smell mutants. Well, something like that. Track mutants. Yeah, yeah track them yeah. somehow. I can't remember how he did it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, interesting, uh, the, the, the titles um, um, of these books are also interesting. You know, the Caliban, you know, it's like, well, I don't know, what does that mean? So, obviously, they're referring to the monster in, um, in this story. So, um, let's see. I've got notes. I have notes. Right. <laughs> you can look at them. I can look at them. I just can't read them. Um, okay, so here we go. So while Earth and Mars have stopped shooting each other, the core alliance is shattered. Uh, the outer planets and the belt are uncertain in their new possible temporary autonomy. Then, on one of Jupiter's moons, a single super soldier. That's right. Single super soldier attacks, slaughtering soldiers of Earth and Mars indiscriminately and reigniting the war. The race is on to discover whether this is the vanguard of an alien army or if the danger lies closer to home. Dun, dun, bum, dun. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll talk a little bit here about the um, uh, the, the main characters. Um, 
Uh, the first uh, character that we meet is Mei Meng, and she's four years old, and she lives on Ganymede with her father, Prax. And um, her mother and father left their family. Oh, no, her mother left, yeah. left uh, their family and uh, is now living on Ceres. Uh, May is kidnapped by her doctor, Dr. Strickland, and a woman named Umea, who is posing as May's mother. They take little May to a secret lab with other children who suffer from a disease, Myers Skelton. I don't even know if that's a real thing, but I think it's a, basically it's a, it's a rather profound systemic autoimmune disorder. Um, and once there, um, uh, this is all in the prelude, uh, Umea takes May to a room where a human protomolecule hybrid is being held. Yes, it's scary. Um, Mark, you know, I love the prologues and the epilogues. Uh, They're great. They're fantastic. Yeah. They're because so chock the, the, full of stuff. They, they are, and the next chapter never has anything to do with them. Nope. You know, it's just like, here's this, and then, then, then you know, like, you, you cut to the scene of, you know, you know, a, a young couple in love, you know, uh, dancing across a field of daisies. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's well, what does that have to do with scary monsters? Like, I'm um, so confused. When we're talking about a giant space monster trying to get back to its little thingamajigs. I thought those were the best things, by the way. Little excerpts of the uh, of the, of the protomolecule. I was always trying to reach for always stuff. Oh, yeah. what do you, what do you, how, how do you mean? Well, you know, because it's just like they throw it in there. Not really a prologue. It's neither a prologue or an epilogue. Rather, just little, little logs. <laughs> what would be? Concurrent logs? What would that even be? What is that even called? Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I don't know. it doesn't really matter. It just reminds me of of, of, this, of the proto-monocule doing its thing. <laughs> doing this little Just doing its little proto-monocule. And then they would continue the story, and it'd be about someone going shopping, and then you have the proto-monocule doing its thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, anyway, yeah, sorry. That, continue. Proto-monocule got to gotta do its thing. It just got to do its All thing. All right. So the next uh, fan favorite, uh, Bobby Draper. Now we did we didn't meet her in the first book. I know she was. I think she was in the first season of The Expanse already, wasn't she? They did something where what did they do? They did some backstory uh, with Bobby. I, they kind of filled in some stuff with her on the ship. Uh-huh. Um, I want was that the end of the first season or the beginning of the second season? They sort of sort of had her in there doing stuff. Mm. Um, kind of before you actually got to Ganymede, and I think in the books you really only you, you really only see her when she's actually there, don't you? Like when she lands. Yeah, because in the in the book we we meet her when her crew is just getting lit up. Yeah. Um, and but in the in the TV show, I believe we see some uh, uh, interpersonal dynamics between members of her crew quite a bit up to uh, prior to. Ganymede because yeah. they're doing other stuff and she's really pissed off that they're basically being um, uh, sent to guard a vegetable garden. Yep. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. So but anyway, in, in the actual timeline of the novels, uh, she shows up uh, at the beginning of book two. Um, she um, she is stationed on Ganymede. She has served in the Martian Marine Corps for twelve years. She is a gunnery sergeant. Now, Mark, could you? Uh, explain to us uh, non-military types uh, a little bit about what that rank means. Sure. Well, I mean, as far as uh, obviously in the Martian Marine Corps, I, I can't really tell, but in United States I Marine Corps, believe it or not, I was not. I know it's a common mistake, easily, easily, <laughs> easily made. But uh, no, those are uh, that is a, an E seven, uh, which is enlisted rank seven. Uh, essentially, they are. Uh, they're either they're non commissioned officer. They're either um, they're either in, in, kind of in charge of the company or a platoon or section, kind of depending on, on what 
what kind of job you're talking about in the infantry. Um, typically, there'll be a, a company. They may be a company sergeant. They may be, uh, and then some of the more specialty things, your weapons platoons and whatnot, they may be a, uh, kind of a platoon sergeant in charge of other other platoon sergeants that may be staff sergeants. But re- really what it amounts to um, is lots of times they're kind of they're, they're kind of the last um, rank you get before you have to make the decision to either sit behind a desk or not. Oh. Uh, that's the best way to describe it. Um, after then, oh. you, they kind of break off. You either you, you either sit, you either decide to be administrative, or you decide to kind of stay out and play with the toys. Um, and that's the last. That's kind of the last one where you get to before you have to make that decision. Um, oh, so okay. yeah, okay. yeah. But anyway, well, is it? Don't you have to sort of be a badass to be a gunnery sergeant? Uh, yeah. By the time you get there, everyone pretty much thinks you are because you know everything about what you're doing. Pretty much, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. So you know, you are kind of yeah. I mean, as far as those guys go, typically, uh, I know personally the gunnery sergeants I knew were, but uh, you know, it, who knows the rest of them? But um, no, yeah. And uh, as far as uh, as far as gunnery sergeants goes, gunny, uh, typically you either get uh, usually you had to kind of been there and done that before you're allowed to call them gunny. For mm-hmm. us, it was always mm-hmm. it's pretty much once you come back from Iraq, then you once you're in Iraq after a while. Uh, you know, you went. You know, you were deployed. Then gunny was okay. Before then, mm. uh, you, you called him gunnery sergeant. There was no gunny there. Mm. So, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So there you That's go. interesting kinda, stuff. Yeah, there you go. Interesting stuff. A little bit, a yeah, little bit of, a little bit of, little bit of knowledge there threw at you. Those of you listening on Mars, your results may vary. Um, so near the beginning of the book, she and her group are on patrol when they encounter a monster, and hilarity ensues. Hilarity and war, because no one on either side stopped to say, hey, could this be a misunderstanding caused by some superhuman mutant thing? Nope, that did not happen. <laughs> they didn't do it. Next up, one of my favorite characters to hate. I'm going to put him right after um, James... Is it possible for a person to have two anger boners? You, uh, you could. Um, I guess depending on your your race and or species, <laughs> possibly some genetics, some, gene- um, some little genetic anomalies. Yeah, yes, entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from those mouse traps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's non sequitur. Um, Dr. Praxidike Meng. Yes, he is the chief botanist of the RMD Southern Soy Farm Project on Ganymede, and he's the father of Mei Meng, the cute little four-year-old girl that didn't do anything to deserve have this douchebag as a father. Oh, dang! Sorry. Stop. Stop opinionating. Uh, amidst the chaos, following the renewed hostilities between Earth and Mars, Prax miraculously finds Holden and crew and somehow convinces them to help him find his missing daughter. Nothing like the show, incidentally. Um, like the, the how, how the did show. we? Oh, well, the situation with the show was weird because he yeah. um, he tries to abandon the station and uh, he gets separated from that other woman who basically said, you know, convinced him that his daughter was dead. So why don't we, you and I, like, <laughs> why, go to some other place? Why don't we go out? hang out? He's like, oh no, but then he's like, oh yeah, no, that is a good idea. I think I'm gonna do that. Yeah, so they vent her. <laughs> yes. So then she gets vented. Did not happen in the books. I'm not really sure. Why. And then he ends up. They basically end up finding him in a uh, what uh, when he lands in uh, what what station was that? Uh, the main um, station. Tycho. He lands on Tycho Station, right? I think that's is that right? No, well, but he's yeah. he's there. He's because. Um, uh, Fred sends uh, Holden and company 
to um, uh, to Ganymede yeah. to find to get the skinny on what's going on. Yeah, I mean, in the show, uh, completely different. I don't know why they did that because they all end up back on Ganymede Station. Oh, see, I'm having a hard time yeah. remembering the show. Yeah, I did because I remember watching the show and I was like, "What? Why are they doing it this way? Literally, they're going to meet him anyway. Why not just meet him?" On Ganymede, I guess they just used it as a means of explaining the uh, giving a face to the names of people were, were, where the uh, where the Belters were kind of rebelling against the uh, you know all of the inners you know because they were venting them out in space. I guess because that was mentioned in the book. I guess they just wanted to show that, and that's the way they well, decided. That's right to do because it. so uh, Holden and company didn't even get there until much later, like because they were they were one of the first ships in. Yeah, they uh, were one the of the first ships. In, yeah, in the books, they were the first ships in, and they met Praxidike or Praxidike. I don't even know. Is it Praxidike? I want to say Praxidike, but that's probably wrong. Fine Man. by me. You call him whatever you want. Doctor M. Doctor Doctor PM. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. he, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. So he um, uh, in the books, you know, it's the like I say, there, you know, it's chaos. It's chaos because there's this war going on. One of they, they have these giant reflective mirrors, and one of them crashes into the um, into the uh, the colony, and like you know, there's 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 death and and you know much much uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth, and um, uh, somehow uh, uh, Prax finds Holden and uh, their crew as just after they've docked, and convince them to come help me find my kid you know that in the books that didn't that didn't wash for me i think i thought that that it would have to be a situation where they would find him or he would find them later on because they were sent there with like a specific they they were sent to find out what's going on and you have this guy showing up and saying you know hey my kids well you know duh buddy lots of people's kids are missing you know um, we're not going to Select you as you know our our, our missing our, our milk carton child of the day parent. You know, I mean that's just that's not <laughs> that's just not going to happen. That's yeah, I'm trying to remember happen. though. Didn't wasn't there a reason they were? Was that the only reason they really just latch onto them like that? I, I feel like there was a reason for you know why they ended up actually taking it that was a little bit more self. You know, had, I think you're right. I think you're right, but. It, but it was thin. It was really yeah. Thin. I mean, because he is—he was one of the top scientists there. So I feel like they were using him maybe to find stuff. I, I can't remember now though. It's been so long since I read the. the, the second I don't think book. he was. I think he was a real middle of middle of the of the pay scale scientist. Really, know? I always um, pictured him as one of the top guys. Well, later on, later on, he becomes yeah. just be, well, yeah. you know, by process of elimination. <laughs> process by elimination, of elimination, I mean death. Everybody else, he was yeah. the only one left. Oh well, maybe yeah. you're right. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken. Enough for some reason, I, I, I don't know. Whatever. Who can remember? Yeah. Continue on. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Prax, he's um, he's one of those nerdy, self-absorbed types. Um, you know, other people don't make sense to him. Therefore, he just ignores them and goes la 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 la, um, and. Um, uh, like someone else, I really love to hate. Um, he gets people killed behind, behind his ill thought out actions and doesn't learn from any of it. La 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 la, I'm Prax. La 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 la. <laughs> you had fun writing that, didn't you? I did. La 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 la. <laughs> I, I, I Pee Wee Prax. Yeah. La 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 la. Hey, Miss Yvonne. Um, so, and then next up, oh, we have, we have arrived at the temple, Mark. The Temple of who, Gleep? The Temple of Alasarla. <laughs> We're not worthy. 
So now book two is now she's way all over season one of uh, the TV show. Yeah. Um, but book two is the um, first to feature Avasarla as a POV character. Uh, she is at the center of all the political intrigues in this book and is an absolute master at it. There is corruption in the highest places of governments and businesses. That's right. We're looking at you, Mao Kwiatkowski. And Avasarla does an amazing job of outwhipping, outwhipping, outwhipping and preempting all attempts to remove her from the field of influence. Um, so at the beginning of the book, she is deputy, un, deputy, under word. I am not words. Under secretary of executive administration, and by book's end, she is the under secretary, second highest official on earth, and some would say the most powerful. She is Tyrion Lannister, but without the drinking or the prostitutes. And her one-liners, nobody does it better. No. Amazing. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Chalk full of them. Uh, each one a uh, gem. Each one a gem. Each one a special little gem that <laughs> should be treasured. They are. Um, so this this book is enormous. It's an enormous book, so I'm just going to... I'm going <clears> to... <throat> hold on, let me... <clears throat> Ready? Take a drink? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so the story, yipes. Yes, okay, here it goes. A monster appears on Ganymede, which is governed by a tenuous Earth-Mars forces ceasefire agreement. Ganymede is important because food. As a result of monster confusion, war reignites between Earth and Mars. War is a really good diversion for hiding other nefarious stuff. I have to take a break here. The primary beneficiaries of this diversion are attempting to continue development of a weaponized version of the protomolecule, a human protomolecule hybrid soldier. No chance that could come back to bite. Mm-mm. Stuff happens, including all the political intrigues I just mentioned a moment ago. The bad guys are revealed, and then we learn that there are a buttload of these protomolecule hybrids already cooked up and ready to go. Because good guys, things don't go well for the bad guys, and in an act of final desperation, the bad guys decide to launch all these super soldiers at Mars. Yes, Mark, you can launch them like rockets. They all get shot down because, of course, they do, and Jules Pierre Mao goes to jail forever, and then a giant octopus thing launches itself off of Venus and heads off towards book three. How was that? Uh, actually, uh, well done. Very succinct. Thank you. Uh, I, th- I believe you covered all the major plot points. I didn't even plagiarize that. Yeah, no, I just said that's impressive. Which is a rarity. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was voted I was voted uh, a kid most likely to copy paste in high school. Hmm. Well, you know, I mean, we all have our talents. Apparently, Three times. yeah. Oh, wow, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, 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 sophomore, sophomore, junior, and senior. Um, and so, wow, I what I want I want to say that this book could be an entire video game campaign. Um, uh, and I think to make it interesting and replayable, I'm thinking the player can be given the choice to play different characters in the story. Now, of course, you could play Holden. I mean, that's 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 got to be an option because um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you do um, have those those types of people out there. Yeah, I'd like yeah, to talk because, to them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play it, but um, anyway, people be forced to play it to get that hundred percent completion uh, achievement badge. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, you know. And, uh, going back to our our text uh, chat uh, with the, with the other fellers earlier today, that's I think that's one of the things I don't like about him is he is a young adult character. You know, it's actually it's a really good point. He is an angsty teenager. He really is. Yeah, and it's just yeah, yeah. Um, I think playing Bobby would be totes badass. Yes. 
Agreed. Mm-hmm. My second favorite character. I but want I'm to also, crawl inside yeah. her recon armor. <laughs> you know, okay. How about the recon armor? Yeah. Not as awesome as I pictured it in my mind's eye in the show. Really? Yeah. Not as awesome. As, I mean, I my mind's eye had the recon armor. I don't know how, but, mm-hmm. but there was more badassery attached to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, this, I, not bad. Kind of reminded me a little bit. And I had to think about this. Uh, the Abyss. Okay. Okay. Are you with mm-hmm. me? Movie. Yeah. <clears throat> it's been a long time since I've seen the it. gel, the the liquid oxygen thing they had to put on. She had to put on to go down even farther. That's what it reminds Ew. me of. Because it's got the same kind of pinkish, reddish light thing, and I just so every time I looked at her, I always thought about her sucking in a bunch of pink goo. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, that's yes. where my mind goes. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that the the developers of the show, I think that they, you know, they they want to accentuate certain aspects of um, of uh, I forget the woman's name who plays the character. Oh, she does an excellent job, though. That's exactly yeah, well, she, how well, she I think Bobby Trevor. Though she is a um, a boxer. Really, in, in real life, yeah, yeah. that doesn't so. surprise me because they had to pick someone with some with some stature and some physicality. So it, it doesn't surprise me she's. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, does this recon armor make my butt look big? No, ma'am, Gunny. No, not at all, ma'am. But I'm not looking at your butt, ma'am, unless you order me to, ma'am, and then I'd be happy to. But not unhappy if you don't order me to, ma'am. <laughs> she's such a badass. Now that part I did make up. Yeah, that was well done. Do you think there would be a way to play Avasarla? Ooh, and have it be fun? God, yeah. You basically just go around throwing one-liners at people all the time and trying to pick the most pithy one to use at the time. You know, I think that's really what it comes down to. I you, You'd uh, have to have two text wheels, though. <laughs> you, know you know what? Uh, you should be able to pick up and like put like one cutting thing together with something really snarky, and you just kind of wheel it together and kind of add half of a sentence together. And yeah, pop, and yeah. pop out an original, uh, you know, an original Avasarala uh, quote. Uh, no, honestly, no. She would make a fantastic if she were the younger version. Mm-hmm. She would make a fantastic sidekick along with you for the ride type of person. That's what she yeah. would be perfect at. Uh, you know, the one that just kind of if they had a character like that, that's what she would be good at because so, you, you don't want to miss all those fantastic one-liners. So you're saying Avasarla is like Claptrap? Yes. Basically just like <laughs> Claptrap. Just as memorable. Not as boxy. Not as boxy, no. She has she has two feet, not just one wheel. I was going to say fewer wheels, more feet. Fewer wheels, more feet. Uh, so what what else do you have to say about the uh, about the second book there, uh, Mark? I thought it was um I thought it was it was really good. No, I liked it. Uh, to be honest with you, I read this one probably the quickest of all of them, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think. And, and not largely, I mean, I, once again, I will say largely, I mean, I am biased. Uh, the the Martian Marine things, uh, I found that very interesting. And I think uh, I love Bobby Draper. So mm-hmm. that whole, every time she was on, she, you know, she showed up, I read, you know, 10 times quicker. And, and the whole, the, the I feel like the, the plot uh, was very fast paced. They're really pushing through this one. There was a lot of stuff going on, and there was a lot of drama. Or there was I shouldn't say drama. There was a lot of um, oh, what's a good word for that? Uh, between chapters, there was quite a bit of I want to say cliffhanging, cliffhangery, intrigue, intriguery. 
Intrigation? Um, yeah, I think probably, you know, something like cliffhangery. You know, yeah. something like, you know, it's same thing with uh, the Game of Thrones books, too, where it's like, you exactly. know, a, a point of view character's chapter would end, and you're like, oh, God, I got, I can't. And then I'd, like, I'd be going and, and reading ahead saying, oh, I got I to gotta go through another Holden chapter before yep. I you know, can get back to that, someone I yeah. actually care about. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think now back to the uh, the intros or the um, the epilogues and the, the prologues and the epilogues. Um, one of the better epilogues in this book here. Is, I don't Do you remember I don't, it. I don't even remember the how. Uh, brr, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Not really. Okay. Gonna give you a hint. We gotta talk. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah. basically, what happens is because um, Miller's dead. Miller, mm-hmm. Miller, uh, Miller flewed into uh, into Eros in you know all of his glory, along with uh, um, um, Julie Mao. Took and one for the team. Took one for the team. Took one for the universe. Really? Yeah. Well, it was a big team. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know. Um, and um, so he's gone. But then, at the end of book two. Holden and Naomi, they're uh, they're uh, all bunked up. Now, Naomi leaves the room. It's an important point. Hold on to that. Holden feels a bug in his nose, which is really weird because there are no bugs on space stations. One would hope not. No. And he sees, like, these blue fireflies flying all over the place. And he's like, that's really weird. He thinks he's, like, hallucinating. And then... He wakes up, and he realizes he's not hallucinating, he's not dreaming, and there stands. Detective Miller. Big old Dick Miller. <laughs> no? <laughs> with, with, his, with his pork pie hat and his, um, and his uh, rumpled suit, and he says, we gotta talk. No! Oh, just leave it there. Man, can you can you imagine? Can you imagine? Well, because I don't know when you read this book, but can you? I, there would there would have been no way that I could have lasted a year. Oh God, no! For for the next book, no. Oh, I'm I'm glad that I wait. Did I start? I think I started the first season of the show, and then started reading the books, and I started talking to you guys about the books. You, oh, okay. So those books were all out. At, at I, yeah, basically all these were out by the time I started reading, and then I blew through them all because mm. amazing, because excellent book reading. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. But, uh, yeah, oh no, I, that's the worst thing. That's the same with like the the uh, the Game of Thrones series. You know, he uh, like four years between a book. Oh my god, oh. those are the worst. He, uh, are you watching the TV show? Uh, I am. I have not watched the second episode yet of the season. Mm, yeah, I. You know what? I'm. I'm not a happy muppet with my no. Game of Thrones. No. Yeah, oh, Ugh, I don't like the sound of that. I'm not. But I. You know, I've I've been on a. Um, um, I guess I would have to have three anger boners. Um, I've oh, <laughs> I've had I've had my my longest anger boner. That didn't come out right. Uh, the anger boner I've had longest has been for Mr. George R. R. Martin, um, just because of um, well, I, you know, probably not fair. You know, showrunners too. The showrunners have really, you know, the way that the show has diverged from uh, the storylines in the books, you know, is just I'm, I'm not pleased with. So. Yeah, I didn't appreciate that either. I get that you have to make some consideration for the way the the medium plays you mm-hmm. know? but you know it's amazing how the first season was exactly like the first book or the first book 
Mm -hmm. it was amazing how well it did when they just stayed with the books right right. so I asked myself self Mm -hmm. as one does why would they change that if it worked the first time Uh, marketing favored characters I don't know probably Uh, yeah probably you know, and speaking of the expanse, you know, um, uh, the TV show. I know that we're signed for a third season, but you know, the numbers last year not great. Really, not great. I mean, they're, you know, the the first, and I don't know how the I don't know how the how the metrics that they use for these things, but um, the uh, the the seasons seem to start out strong, and then uh, the numbers would drop because if you on that link, and I'll include it in the show notes, if uh, they do list the uh, the viewership. Um, I'm not sure exactly how they um, how they measure that, but um, anyway, I, I hope it continues. I hope it continues, um, but uh, you know, I, I want the books more. So now that would be sad if they didn't, because uh, so f- f- yeah, they've done an okay job in sticking with them. I think the problem is too. Well, I don't know. I guess they, they have to see how they handled the the, the third, fourth, so forth books because those are mm-hmm. farther out there. So mm-hmm. that'll be that'll be interesting to see how they manage that if they do continue them on. It'd be a shame if they don't uh, keep yeah. keep the series going because honestly, it is. I like the characters. I like the people who play the characters. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I like the content. I, I don't really think there's, and I think they did a fantastic job picking people to play these people. So I, I, hopefully, they do. That'd be very that'd yeah. be very sad. Well, um, and oh, and one one last thing. I don't know, uh, WizKids, a uh, game company, a tabletop game company, uh, they are coming out with an, an Expanse uh, tabletop game. Uh, huh. And it's not, it's not you know, a, a, a pencil and paper RPG type game. It's actually, um, uh, I think, more akin to like the Firefly tabletop game where, you know, there's a game board and there's it's card based, but... Okay. Um, uh, there's um, so and uh, the early reviews I've read of it uh, say that it's pretty good and I but I think it's not coming out till October but um, definitely will uh, report on that I'll be getting a, a copy of that for um, Mrs. Leap and myself. All right, well, um, Mark, let's go through some uh, new members real quick and get out. Oh my gosh, look at the time. Now let's let's, um, let's get to new members. New members, uh, Chuckster Seven joined us and he said submitting an application. Yet again, succinct, to the point. Son of Mog joined us. Now, Mog is a monster from D&D, right? Mog. Um, I know it's from something. It is. It is from something. Okay, good. It I, is from something. You are having a similar um, uh, memory moment. Yes. All right. Um, hey, you guys with ships. Uh, with this, I'd like to ask for the permission to join your org. I'm a sci-fi fan, especially Star Trek, an enthusiastic believer of Star Citizen since 2014. Originally, I didn't want to join an org anyway, just in cause of my life, just because of my life. Um, I'm in my mid-30s, have a full-time job, a wife, and a 10-month-old son. I've planned to do the pure. I've planned to do the pure freelancer, but then I stumbled onto your podcast. Listened to it every week since about a year ago now, and damn it, you are the best damn Star Citizen podcast ever. Well, that's Where's? awfully nice of you to say. That's very kind. Um, so to not join your community is not an option. <laughs> uh, okay, still, I got no huge amount of time by now uh, to become a classic clan member, but I heard that might be okay for you. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Come out and play with whatever you've got whenever you can. 
Um, I'd really like to meet with some of your members online in the future and got no problem with lending my ships to others when I'm online and not using them by myself. I've got a 315P, Avenger Titan, Dragonfly, Buckenfear. Buckenfear. The Buckenfear. And guess what? A freelancer! Best greetings from Rodinghausen, Germany. I'm excited to I'm sure hear you, you speak that fat. out. <laughs> yeah. Did I, did oh, you think I did? it afterward. <laughs> Ro- Rodinghausen? I have no idea. I did not take German. I have no idea. Throw me some All Spanish. Right. I got you covered. This one, uh, you're... <laughs> poof. Not so much. Nope. You, yours, son of Moog. P.S. I'm and now I'll go on listening to Mr. Gleep's velvet voice. LOL. <laughs> Have a nice day. Oh, well, welcome, velvety. son of Moog. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Worf's son in Star Trek. That's right. Not yep. a monster at all. No, I looked oh, at. I read. Oh, yeah, no. I just looked it up and I looked at. It, I was like, oh, of course. I can even picture him. Cute little fella. I think it was like you know a first edi- first or second edition you know boss monster, but yeah, it could be. You can make it. It could be. His yeah. son could be named after a boss monster. Yeah, Worf. You know, he'd 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 be that kind of guy, that kind of parent. You know, like a a, a boy named Mog. You know, Johnny Cash pointing to. No, I don't like it. Nope, <laughs> not going there. <laughs> Bob the Dinosaur, here's an audio wedgie coming your way from your friends here at the No More Room at the Inn dot comical. Bob, you've overextended yourself again. Bob. 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 Oh, poor Bob. Please go to engine.com, Bob. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website, Bob. That's E-N-J-I-N dot com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at thebase.sc where you can find rebroadcasts of our shows happening throughout the week, Bob. Go to the INN and learn some things. It can be found at imperialnews.network. You can reach us. You can reach the show. You can reach the podcast. You can email us. The address is comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag... TGWS to join our org go to robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash first cast on the spectrum robertspaceindustries.com slash spectrum slash community slash first cast on steam we are those guys with ships and do be sure Bob to check out our star citizen gaming community website it is versecast.org if half your friends jumped off the roof would you eat kitty roca I thought so my name is whoopee joy and all my contact information is in the show notes Mark Wow, that's a that's a mouthful. Those last few sentences are impressive, sir. Uh, let's see. My name is Mark. You can reach me at madcow1001 at gmail.com or mark at versecast.org or any of the other things that are no doubt in the show notes. Uh, mm. You can also, uh, I also take smoke signals, cutiform, and, <laughs> and or yodeling as means of communication. Uh, yeah. yeah, so any of those will work just fine. Uh, and, uh, yes, I don't know. I guess that's about it. We didn't even mention Eric the Immortal once today, that I'm aware We of. did not. Do, do you want to bring this episode uh, to the folks uh, from Eric? <laughs> from, I'd like to bring this episode to you from Eric the Immortal. Well, that's right. He may die a lot of times, but he always comes back fresh, clean, and spanking new. <laughs> we love our Eric. Oh, Eric. Alright, until next time then, we are Those Guys with Ships, and this has been the Versecast. Cast.
got we got no monster. I gotta plug Eric into the monster hole. <laughs> no, no, you just that's still wrong. Oh, Eric, he takes it back. <laughs> plug Eric. Into you the don't monster. have to go to the monster hole if you don't want to. <laughs> well, it's okay if he dies, it'll just come right back. It's not really a big problem. Yeah, but he's done experience. It sounds horrible. <laughs> R RP is not for the squeamish. <laughs> Apparently not. Good lord.